Thank you for that. Appreciate that. And boy, what a great truth in that song. You think about how good God is to us, that he would rescue a sinner such as ourselves. And well, I, I don't know about you, but I'm always amazed at, at God's great love, to be honest with you. Uh, and, and praise the Lord for that. So thank you for that. And uh, thank you, Abby, for playing the piano. She's a, a friend of, of uh, Micah's and, and she keeps coming out here. And I know she doesn't just come out here to see me and my wife and my daughters. And so, uh, but I appreciate her playing the piano, stepping in this morning and, and doing that. Certainly appreciate them. Praise the Lord. Uh, praise. Jackson made it back to college. We've been praying for him for a safe trip, and he made it back uh, good. And then they'll be traveling back on uh, to college tomorrow, so keep them in prayer. And I uh, know that they'll certainly appreciate that. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open up to Matthew chapter number 5. Matthew chapter number 5. And I want to preach on the salt of the earth. And uh, as we think about this passage as a Christian... Just as a Christian, I desire to be useful to God. Uh, I think most people want to be considered useful in society and in life and in family and in church and, and not just a dead weight that is pulled along uh, in this world. Now, there's, there are some who uh, don't mind being a dead weight and being pulled along, but I, I don't believe that's the majority. Um, and that's a whole other message for a whole other day uh, on laziness and work and, uh, and doing those things. And we've preached on that and talked about that. But I, I, wanna, I believe most of us want to and desire uh, to be useful and to be used of God. And uh, as Christians, we ought to be desired to be used of God and beneficial to the service of God. And so Matthew chapter number 5 and verse number 13, uh, the Bible says this, Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt have lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden underfoot of men. Matthew chapter, Mark chapter 9 and verse number 50 words it this way, Salt is good, but if the salt have lost his saltness, wherewith will ye season it? Have salt in yourselves and have peace one with another. And uh, let's go ahead and go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Father, we thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you, Father, for your many blessings. God, I pray that you would just use me this morning. I pray, Father, that you would speak through me. God, I pray that you would uh, help us to have a desire, Father, to be useful uh, to you in your service. And Father, I pray that you would just speak to hearts as only you can. Father, we'll thank you for that. In Jesus' precious name, I pray. Amen. As we look at this verse this morning, I want us to notice a few thoughts about it. This is not the first time I've read this verse, obviously, uh, but I, I was, I've been challenged to read through the New Testament and in 30 days, and I'm so far I'm on track. Uh, I've gotten behind a day or two, and I was able to recoup and get caught back up, and, and it is a challenge, I'll tell you that. It's not easy, uh, and, and I've had to uh, set aside extra time uh, to be able to get that done. But I read this verse uh, a while back this week, I guess, or last week, and as I read it, it just kind of uh, some thoughts jumped out at me. And so I want us to, to look at this verse, and I want us to see some thoughts about this verse. The first thing that I want you to notice about this verse is that we have 
an assignment. We have an assignment. It's very clear. The Bible says here, ye are the salt of the earth. Um, and, and we have an assignment from God to be the salt of the earth. Now, we have to understand this and realize that those who do not know Jesus Christ as their own personal Savior are lost. We have to understand that because the world, by and large, is lost. And sometimes we don't realize that reality or we don't think about that reality. And so the reality is every person that is walking around today that does not know the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Savior is lost. And therefore, they are in need of a Savior. The Bible says this in John 3, 36, He that believeth on the Son hath life, everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. And we have to understand that the world is by and large without God. Uh, they're lost. And as a result, uh, that is our assignment. God said, ye are the salt of the earth. What is salt? And we're not going to get off on a whole scientific slew of, of information about salt, but I will, we'll look at two things here that we do know immediately comes to mind, even through Bible times and for a long time, that salt has always been used uh, as a preservative, something that if you put it on meat, it would preserve it. And listen, as you think about that, uh, I think in that aspect, one of the analogies that the Lord was going for certainly is that, that uh, the salt would preserve the world. In other words, salvation would be given and given and people would get saved and it would make a difference. And listen, when we realize that the whole world is lost... And we realize that the solution is Jesus shed blood, his death, his burial, and his resurrection, uh, and that he did all of this because he loves him. Then, then the problem, the answer to the problem, lies right here in our hands. Let me, let me give it to you this way. Cancer is a terrible disease. Probably everyone in this room has been touched by somebody who's been affected by cancer. My grandmother died of cancer. And, and, and cancer is a dreaded disease. I, I almost, I've often said this, I almost wish that uh, the word cancer had never been, been invented. You know, I liked it a lot better when they just said, oh, he died of old age. You know, it just didn't sound as bad, you know, because that's, uh, that's eventually uh, all of us are going to head towards a time when we're going to pass away. Uh, but, but the fact of the matter is cancer is a dreaded disease. Now, if you had uh, on a piece of paper the absolute bona fide cure to cancer, and you filled that up, and you just carry it around in your pocket, and you don't ever tell anybody about it, number one, you're a sorry rascal, first and foremost. Two, I, I don't even know how you could live with yourself. I mean, if you knew beyond the shadow of a doubt, hey, uh, not just, hey, let's try this and see if it works, a bona fide solution that said, hey, this will positively, 100%, cure every person that has cancer. Boy, I mean, uh, you, you, I'm not a businessman, and, and, and I, but I think, you know what, because of the dread of cancer, man, I'd be willing just to give it away. 
and, and just take the notoriety, hey, that's the guy that provided the answer for, for, uh, to cure cancer and to save all of these people. The reality of this is that the world is dying of the dreadful disease of sin. And you and I have the answer to that dreaded disease and we have a responsibility, we have an assignment from God. He said, ye are the salt of the earth. In other words, that it's our responsibility. Now, God could have done this any way he wanted, uh, but he chose to use you and I to get the gospel to the lost and dying world. The Bible says in Mark 16, 15, and he said to them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Hey, we have a responsibility to get the gospel to the lost and dying world. I carry gospel tracts on me. Uh, the other day I was out and I didn't have any and I hated it. I went out to eat and, and, uh, and I, I went to reach in my gospel, gospel track location, all right? That's my, my, my gospel gun, I call it. And I try to keep it loaded with gospel bullets. And, and I went out to eat and, and I reached in my pocket and there was none there. I was like, man, I was kind of disappointed in myself. I ain't got no gospel track to leave at this table when, 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 that, when I leave. And, and I really felt bad about that. Matter of fact, I, I, call, I don't even like to wear shirts without pockets because I, I can't carry a gospel track. And, and so I carry those gospel tracks. Hey, listen, if every one of us would, would learn to carry gospel tracks, not just gospel tracks, this is just one way of getting the gospel out. It's an easy way to leave them, to give them to people. This is the cure to the dreaded disease of sin that the world has. And it's our, our responsibility to get the gospel. It's not just the preacher and pastor and missionaries and evangelists and Bible college students. It is every one of our responsibilities. Jesus said, ye are the salt of the earth. And we have a responsibility to get the gospel to every person that is on this earth. That's our assignment. That's what we're responsible to do. And we're to do that. And we look at that and listen, salt and the gospel would preserve the world. And that, hey, listen, society, and I've often said this, would be far better off if people were saved. They would. It would be, I mean, criminals should be reformed. Um, I, I wish I would have looked it up. I don't remember when it was, but I know there were days and there were times when one of the evangelists would go into a town and he would preach and hold revival services. And after the revival services, bars in that place would shut down. You tell me what kind of impact that would have. Hey, listen, I'm telling you, Jesus Christ can make a change and make a difference in people's lives and preserve things through the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we have a responsibility. We have the remedy of sin, but we must see ourselves as, hey, that is our job and our responsibility to get the gospel to every person. We have an assignment. We are the salt of the world. Not only does salt preserve, but I love this, salt also seasons. I love the fact that the Bible says salt is good. So doctors tell me salt is bad. I'm like, sorry. The Bible says salt is good. I'm careful about it. I don't overdo it. Too much of salt is bad for you, okay? I'm not saying that, but it seasons. And I love spicy 
flavorful food. I just do. I always have. And, and, and the, the spicier and the more seasons, man, the better it is. Listen, not only, does, uh, not only can we preserve society through the gospel, but listen, we can season society and make it better. The Bible says this in Colossians 4, 6. I love this verse. goes so well with this. It says, let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that ye may know how ye ought to answer every man. Hey, not only do we have the remedy and the assignment of getting the gospel to the lost and dying world, but listen, we have a remedy. We have the assignment. Of, of helping instruct other people in the Word of God and giving them answers. You know, when you get saved, uh, people all of a sudden have questions. Well, why is this wrong? Well, let me show you right here in the Word of God why this is wrong. Uh, well, what about this? And hey, let me show you in the Word of God. This is, this is where this, this comes from. And, and our, our speech ought to be seasoned with salt uh, according to the Word of God that we can give an answer to every man. That goes right along with Matthew chapter 28 and verse number 20. After he says, hey, you need to preach the gospel to every creature, he goes on and he says, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Hey, we have a responsibility to teach and to proclaim the word of God. Our assignment is that we are the salt of the earth. That's our job. That's our responsibility. I love the fact that he says this in verse number 13. He says, "Ye are the salt of what? Of the earth. You know what that tells me? That you cannot Go to the wrong place. I don't know anybody in here that's heading to Mars. I don't know anybody in here that's heading to the moon. But you're probably heading across the street. You're probably heading across town. You may be even heading to another state. You may even travel to another continent. But the bottom line is there are lost people wherever you go that need the gospel. And you cannot go to the wrong person. You cannot give the gospel to the, uh, to the wrong person. And you say, well, preacher, what if you witness to a saved man? Been there, done that. Knocked on a guy's door. I was out with my dad's church in upstate New York. Knocked on his door. I said, hey, I'm from Good Samaritan Baptist Church. I just wondering, do you guys go to church anywhere? He says, his eyes got real big. He says, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm, I'm inviting you to church. He says, no, you're out soul winning. I said, yes, sir, I am. He said, man, I'm saved. He said, what, what church you say you're with? I said, I'm, I'm Baptist. He said, I'm Baptist. I said, wonderful. I said, where do you go to church? He said, I've been looking for a church. I, I don't have a church. I moved into this area. I didn't know where to go to church. That was a long time ago. Man, I've kept in touch with the guy. And, uh, and praise the Lord. You know what? You know what happens if you witness to somebody that's already saved? If they're truly saved, they're probably going to be happy that you ran into them. You ever have anybody give you a gospel track? I, I, I can think of maybe two times that somebody has ever given me a gospel track. They didn't know me. Just whatever reason, they just gave me a gospel track. You know what? I'm not... I'm excited when somebody gives me a gospel track. I think, praise the Lord, there's somebody else out there proclaiming the truth of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm saying this, that, that you, can, you can't witness to the wrong person. So what if you run into somebody that's saved? Hey, you might run into somebody else that's religious. They may get angry with you. It may happen. I've had people get angry at me. But you know what? 
I'm, I am the salt of the earth. Not everyone's going to like that. It's my responsibility to get the gospel. You know what? I give them the gospel uh, and, and I do the best I can. And, and, and sometimes, you know what? You may be planting a seed in that guy's heart and it may be down the road that that man will get saved. He might never be able to find you again. He might never know who you are, but you started something in his life. Maybe you came by and you just watered a seed that was already planted by somebody else. Maybe you came by and, listen, uh, you, you might even find that, hey, they might even get saved. You know, sometimes, most times, people don't get saved the first time you give them the gospel. Matter of fact, you gotta give them the gospel, you gotta water it, you gotta pray for it, you gotta go back and water it, you gotta work on it. Somebody else sometimes has to work on it, and, and, and certain sometimes it takes time, but people will get saved. We have an assignment from God that we are to be the salt of the entire earth, of the world. You can't go to the wrong place. We have an assignment from God. I want you to notice this. There's an admonition that we find in this verse as well. Not only is there an assignment that we are the salt of the earth, but I want you to notice this. He says, but if the salt have lost his savor, like the way it's worded in Mark 9, 50, it says, but if the salt have lost its saltness. I didn't even know that was a word. I thought about that and I thought... How do we lose our effectiveness as Christians? I know our assignment. I, I have no doubt of that. And, and I'm very aware and cognizant of our assignment. But what concerns me is that as, as we think about it, that we as Christians, as salt, can lose our effectiveness in getting the gospel out. So I started thinking about that, and I started looking into that, and we won't go into a scientific explanation because in all reality, I couldn't find a lot of information about how salt goes bad. I've always thought, well, salt is in our cabinets, and I don't know how often my wife buys salt, to be honest with you. I don't buy salt, and, 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 and I think, man, it could be up there for a long time. I, I don't ever know salt have gone bad. But the truth of the matter is, it does. I did not know that. And as I started thinking about it and looking at ways it could go bad, and, and one of the things that was mentioned that how salt would or could go bad is if your salt gets mixed up with sand or dirt. Now you're saying, preacher, how on earth do you get sand in your salt? And that's a legitimate question. We lived in nice houses. We have a salt shaker sitting on our table. It's been there for a long time, and I know we refill that, but I've, it doesn't really get dust and dirt in there. But if you think about Bible times, and they lived in an arid climate, they lived in a, a, a very dry and a dusty region. One time I was driving my car in Peru, and as we were driving down the road, this is probably one of the worst sandstorms I had ever been in in my entire life. The, the sand started blowing, and it was sand, and it was white-out conditions from the sand. So, I rolled, of course, we rolled our windows up as soon as it started sanding, uh, blowing sand. And, and, and then we started getting really hot in the car. So, you know what we did? We foolishly turned the air conditioning on. Flip that bad boy on. You know what happened? Our car got loaded with dust. 
I mean, there was nowhere to keep the dust out. I mean, it was everywhere. I, I couldn't imagine. And, and listen, we, we pulled in, we, 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 it eventually stopped and we pulled into the next town. And man, we, we went to a restaurant because we were starving. We sat down on the chairs. They were covered in dust. We sat down on the table. It was covered in dust. I mean, there was dust everywhere. And, and I'm pretty sure they served us food and it was covered in dust. I mean, it was kind of gritty and you just ate it. I mean, there was nothing else and you know what I'm sure some of their salt shakers and some of their salt had been contaminated with that dirt and I don't really know how salt goes goes bad I do know that it does go bad and there there's uh, that is a fact I know it does preserve I know it lasts a long time but it can go bad and Jesus said here in in this illustration he said but if the salt have lost his savor. And I thought, I don't ever want to lose my savor. I don't want to be the Christian that's known as not being salty or not being effective with the gospel. And as I thought about it, I, I thought, well, certainly salt could mix with dirt, and that would certainly be a bad thing. And if you had salt and dirt in your salt shaker, you know what you're going to do? You're going to take and unscrew the top, and you're going to dump it all out. And you're not going to dump it in your garden, because you're smarter than that. You'll wash it out, and then you'll put more salt, clean salt, in it. And Jesus is just giving an illustration, and he says, if the salt have lost it's saltness. In other words, it's no longer effective. I read that when salt is, goes bad, and, and, and the way to tell it's bad is if you put it in a cup and you, with water and you stir it around and it does not dissolve, then it's no longer salty. It does not have uh, the effectiveness that it used to. And I don't understand all of that why, but I do know this as far as a Christian, hey, that the Bible says that if our life gets mixed up with the world, that we are not going to be effective as Christians. You find all throughout Scripture, I'll just give you a couple of verses that I pulled out. Romans chapter 12 and verse 1 and 2. It says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And it says in verse number 2, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. And listen, if we're conformed to this world, if our life is going to morph into what the world wants and we're going to live a worldly life, then we are not going to be effective as Christians. Uh, think about Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 22. He says this, that ye put off concerning the former conversation the old man which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that ye put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. And he's saying, hey, listen, when we get saved, just like this jacket, we're to take off some things. Hey, the old man, hey, we're to take it off and throw it aside and discard it. I wish I had another jacket. And you come over here and you put on a new man, the Bible's saying. 
And they're saying, hey, that there ought to be a change. It ought to be noticeable in our life so that people would look at us and they'd say, well, there's something different about that guy. Uh, He's not quite the same as what he used to be. His life has been changed. He used to be like this, but now he is like this. And we got verse after verse, 2 Corinthians 6.17, Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. 1 Peter 1 15 and 16. But, uh, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. And conversation is not just talking, but it's our lifestyle. That we're to be holy. And it goes on and he says, uh, because it is written, be ye holy for I am holy. Listen, When we live the same as the world does, when we cuss like the world does, when we drink like the world does, when we dress like the world does, when we act like the world does, when we live the same way that the world does, we lose our effectiveness as Christians. And Jesus says, if salt has lost its savor, it is good for nothing. The majority of Christianity today bothers me. I'm not talking about our church. I'm talking about all the, put this down, Christianity that's in the world. Oh, everyone claims to be a Christian, beer in this hand, cussing this side of their mouth, and and doing everything else, and living the way the world does. Can I tell you something? That is not what Jesus Christ intended in the Bible. He intended. Listen to the verses that I read. Put off the old man. Put on the new man. It's in the book of Ephesians. It's in the book of Colossians. He said in the book of Romans to renew our mind, to not be conformed to this world, that our life would be changed. It says in the book of Peter that we are to be holy as he is holy, and our life is to be different. Hey, listen, if we're going to be the salt of the world, we don't want to lose our effectiveness. There's so many people that, live their life just like the world does. There's no difference. And honestly, the world looks at them and says, I don't see a difference in their life. I don't see really anything that I want. I mean, they cuss like me. They drink like me. They go all the same places that I do. They do all the same things that I do. What's the difference between their life and mine? And they don't see it. And Jesus gives an admonition, a warning, after he gives us the assignment. He gives us the assignment that ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt have lost his savor, we won't be effective. We'll be useless. Listen, I'm just saying this as a Christian, not as a preacher, as a Christian, I want to be used of God. I want God to use me. And listen, you can be used of God. God desires to use you. God wants to use you. And listen, you don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to be a preacher to be used of God. And and there are so many ways that you can be used of God effectively. Just in witnessing, just in letting other people know, and, and just doing what God would have you to do. You can be useful to God. But I'm telling you this, if you lose your savor, 
If you lose your saltness, the Bible warns us that we'll be good for nothing. We find the assignment. We find the admonition that would warn us about losing our effectiveness. And then we find the abdication of responsibility, and that means to fail to fulfill a duty, abdication. And he says in verse number 13, But if the salt have lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? How is the world going to hear the gospel? How is the world going to be seasoned with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ? How are they ever going to hear if we lose our effectiveness? It goes on and he says, It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under foot of man. Turn with me to Luke chapter 14. Save your spot there in Matthew. Luke 14. And we have effectively the same verses in Luke 14, but they just, they pretty much say it the same way, but it's a little bit different. Luke 14 and verse 34, he says this. Luke, thir- Luke 14 and verse 34, salt is good, but if the salt have lost his savor, wherewith shall it be seasoned? It is neither fit for the land, nor yet for the dunghill, but men cast it out, that he, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. I think this, while certainly the assignment is very clear in our text, the warning is very clear there too, that hey, we have got to be careful that we're effective at being salty. In other words, that we're walking with God. I'm not trying to say that you be strange or you be odd or, or anything like that. I'm just saying you, you walk with God and you uh, be, as the Bible says, renewed in your mind and that we be transformed by the word of God in our life and that we would be effective in our witness. And listen, a worldly Christianity is ineffective at reaching people. They don't see that difference. We talked about that. And that is what Jesus is warning about. So many churches and so much Christianity is, oh, we just need to love everyone. That's the skin of a truth stuffed with a lie. There's truth to it, yes. The truth is we are to love people. But listen, love is not acceptance of all their sin. Well, you can just sin and live any way you want, and that's okay. We'll just, we'll just have you in. and that's No, we need to love people, but not love their sin. People act like, well, Jesus just ran around and loved everybody. Did you not read the New Testament when he rebuked the scribes and Pharisees? Did you not read how he turned over the tables in the temple? And I don't think he said, that, excuse me, pardon me, excuse me, I'm going to tip this table over. Can you please move out of the way? I'm going to tip it over. I don't think that's how Jesus was. He rebuked sin. Do you remember what he told the woman who was taken in adultery? They brought him to her, uh, brought her to him and, and said the law, and they were trying to trap Jesus. They said the law says that she should be stoned. What say ye? And Jesus said, he that is without sin cast the first stone. They all left, convicted of their heart. You know what he turned to her and said? He didn't say, you know, the way you live your life, it's okay. No, no, he didn't say that. 
He said, go and sin no more. He didn't say, it's okay, just continue in your sin. Continue living your life the way it is. No, he said, go and sin no more. Hey, Jesus wasn't accepting of sin. And everyone wants everyone else to believe that we ought to just accept and love all sin. And and it's okay. And that we ought never rebuke anything. That's not what the Bible says. We are to have a salt. We are to be the salt of the world. And that's not to give us an excuse just to disregard people. We ought to love people. But listen, we can not accept sin. There's a difference. And so we see that uh, the, there's an abdication of responsibility. In other words, when we lose our saltiness, if we are to swallow what the world would have us believe that Christianity ought to be, and, and if we're to live that way, hey, then we would be uh, not fulfilling our responsibility. We'd be abdicating uh, and, and failing at reaching the world with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And listen, he says here, Uh, it is henceforth good for nothing Uh, go back one phrase Um, if the salt hath lost his savor wherewith shall it be salted if we as Christians lose our effectiveness and we're not the salt of the world like we ought to be who's going to reach the world and the bottom line is nobody's going to because we have the answer back to the illustration of cancer Go back to the illustration of of the, the deadly disease of sin that has infected the entire world. We have the right answer. There's lots of people out there running around and, and, and they say they have the right answer. They're trying to convert people to their religion, to join their church, to do this and do that. But they don't have the truth. We have the truth. We know how to get to heaven, and it's not by works of righteousness that we have done, uh, but it's by His grace that He saved us, and, and we know that. And, and listen, we ought to get the world, uh, the gospel, the Lord Jesus Christ, but if we lose our saltiness, if we lose our effectiveness, if we don't walk with God and we don't live right, then hey, we're not having the effect that we ought to be having on this world. And you can't force people to get saved. I know that. I'm aware of that. But they ought to look at us. They ought to hear from us that Jesus Christ is the only way. And that he wants to save them and that he does love them and he does care about them. And he wants their life to change. And if they don't hear it, it's our fault, not theirs. If we stay silent and we don't witness, then we've lost our effectiveness and our salt has lost its savor. If we keep our mouth closed, if we don't give out gospel tracts, if we mingle with the world and abandon Christianity, then we've lost our effectiveness to reach the world with the gospel. We have an assignment. We have an admonition that we're not to lose our saltiness We have an abdication that we would fail at our responsibility if we don't do that. You know what's at stake? Men's lives. As we stand with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, the Bible says, Ye are the salt of the earth. But if the salt have lost his savor, wherewith shall it, being the world, be salted? 
it is henceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under foot of man. I don't ever want to become in my life salt that has lost its savor. Father, I pray that you'd help us to be Christians who are burdened with reaching the world. God, Christians who are concerned about getting the gospel to the lost, may we take it as our responsibility, as our personal responsibility, to witness to people that we run into. God, what if the people that we run into if we're the only source of gospel they ever have in their life. God, I don't want to be a salt that has lost its savor or its saltness. And so, God, I pray that you'd help me to be effective, to not be mingled with the world, to be burdened for the lost, to be witnessing to people and talking to them. And God, I pray that each and every Christian that's here this morning would take the assignment as a personal, real responsibility. Father, we'll thank you for that. In Jesus' precious name, I pray. Amen. As we have a short hymn of invitation, if God's spoken to your heart, the altar's open. Have you lost your effectiveness? Maybe it's not even that you're worldly. Maybe it's just that you're not witnessing. Sometimes we forget. Sometimes we get sidetracked. Sometimes we get distracted. God help us to be effective witnesses in this world. Every day of the week, wherever we go, our workplace, grocery store, ye are the salt of the earth. As the piano continues to play, another verse. I want to be useful to God. I don't want to lose my saltness or my savor. I hope that's your prayer today. I hope that's your desire.